Hello, everybody. We are Ken and Lisa Henderson. We'd like to welcome you to the Faith Works Podcast, and thank you for tuning in. We are going to be looking into the lives of ordinary people, and we'll be examining how faith in God is working in their lives and how it will work in yours. We are very excited to bring you testimonies, release prophetic words, and examine Scripture, which will cause your faith in Jesus Christ to grow. Thanks again for joining our conversation. Welcome to the Faith Works Podcast. Hey, my name's Ken, and I'm here again with my good friend Kyle Sailors at Sailor Brothers Productions. They're in the movie business. He and his brother Kenny are in the movie business, and we've been talking about the things that God is doing in their lives. And we hope that you get to go back and review the last interview that we had with him in part one. Kyle and Kenny just landed a big deal that's going to change Hollywood and the way things are done in that industry. And God is really using them and blessing them. They're they're true Christians, sons of a pastor uh, and a police officer and and many other things that that he did as a sideline. But anyway, it's good to have Kyle with us. Good to have you with us. We hope that we get to see you again or that you get to listen to us again on the FaithWorks podcast. You need to speak things into existence, whether it's through writing or actually speaking it out loud. The Bible talks about, you know, having faith and having the ability to receive from God on the things that we actually say. And when you say stuff, and whether it's intend or whatever, and you can't really write things without hardly speaking it out loud anyway. So I just think it's a way that God used that to activate faith in your life and bring you to the point that you can you know, move forward with this. So, yeah, because um, yeah, then it wasn't us just like, sometimes when you know when you're just telling something, you're like, hey, you know, blah, 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 blah. But when you, when they see what you've written and they see the vision, if they catch the vision, but it's still, it's your vision. And then they catch your vision versus they catch their version of the vision. And so it completely, all the people that we've met and the doors, it's gotten us through more doors than literally the last 20 years combined. In in five weeks, you know, like, and so like, and it's undescribable. And I was, you know, and sometimes I think, you know, I think a lot of it's timing of life and divine appointment or whatever. But like, and and that you go through a lot of stuff to go through that you learn and you you whittle away at your own your own self so that you know that you're not responsible. You can't have an ego about it because you know, hey, I've done everything I could possibly do. And I know it ain't me putting this together. I mean, it is. You know, it's my vision, but it's a vision that I believe was received, you know. One of the things I think is that because you're one of the most unselfish people that I've ever met, and just you tell just by hearing him, we just have fun whenever he's around. And Kenny's the same way. And, you know, realistically, Kenny's, post and your posts are very profound most of the time so uh, you know I really enjoy reading them they're funny but at the same time very profound and I think by having that kind of uh, attitude that you're just in life to enjoy and maximize your time here on the planet but then not being selfish about it but wanting to bring other people along for the trip I think that that God honors that really and truly and and so I see that as part of it because you're not greedy um, you know we did uh, a couple of movies together and and so we can kind of assign whatever 
credits we want to at the end of that movie and you've never been like hey put me as you know I, I did everything even though you probably did <laughs> you're like you know yeah, no, we, we have shared everything. responsibility here <laughs> so so I think God's going to honor that and that so um, you know it, it's it's always great to have Kyle around and is there anything else you want to talk about? You want to tell some stories, man? You got some great stories. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I got a lot of crazy stories. Uh, let's see. But uh, I was going to say one thing. I think like uh, I think what it was is is somewhere along the way. Only really one time. I, I, I kind of took after my grandpa on my mom's side. He'd gone through the Great Depression when he was a kid, and he just never really. Like, he was never concerned about anything. I remember when he's like, oh, well, well, it looks like those guys that worked for him, he stole my toolkit. He goes, oh, well, you know, they probably need it more than me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when he died, the whole town, he lived in one town his whole life. He built over 400 homes in that town. And, you know, and everybody in that town loved him. And, and he had never really, I never heard him complain to anybody. I never heard him, you know, have an argument with anybody. He was just everybody's friend. And uh, and I think part of that way of life, well, then when I, I was at one point in California, there's a moment when everything was falling apart and we were getting conned and this and that. And I started getting stressed for the first time in my life. And I finally came to this point of like, you know what? I'm going to hand it over to you, God, and I'm not going to worry about it. I can't because otherwise I think and I think it was just kind of like this release. And I don't, honestly, I said, I'm not going to ever stress over anything. And I rarely do, except for maybe five minutes, like something goes wrong on a set. You know, you got, oh, no, this is missing the camera that went down. But other than that, like, I don't really, I let things go. And if I fail at something, I literally think about it within five minutes. And I'm like, all right, okay, well, what's next? All right. And I may have spent a year on it. <laughs> and if it fails, and I know, like, oh, that's dead. Okay, uh, what's next? Like, I and I've trained that. And I think how that did that is because I was close to someone who, put their value a lot of their value into being like a certain celebrity or a certain star and and when we were kids we wanted to be like Spielberg I mean that was like the dream you know to do the big movies and at some point I think when I saw somebody else kind of like their their self was shat their value was wrapped up in becoming this big thing well when you don't then your value drops. And so then all of a sudden, but your value should never be tied to a project. So we said, okay, if we get to, we're going to strive. I mean, if we get to be like Spielberg, awesome. And if we don't, guess what? We're going to have the heck best time of life. And and I literally think I've lived one of the greatest lives I could have ever imagined. And it's not, And I've got to travel around the world and meet people everywhere, all around this planet. China, India, Africa, uh, I don't even know, like a thousand places, every state, every <laughs> everywhere I would go. Anytime somebody said, hey, that's why when Ken called, hey, you want to go to, you know, China here and there? And I was like, shoot, yeah. Like, I don't even, like, that's how I pick projects. Like, it's not like, oh, wait, here's a commercial here that pays way more money. I think, like, if it's a great cause, great purpose, great people. And, and that was after dealing in L.A. with so many knuckleheads for so many years that I just said, I just want to do things that I love and life and and do it with great people, you know. And so we'll see what happens in the next chapter. <laughs> it's some pretty cool stuff, but like, but like, yeah, if it happens, great. If it doesn't, great. I'm, I'm going to have a great time anyway, no matter what. And I literally believe when you do that, you start to manifest that and you just like, 
I don't know. I don't even know. I like. I literally enjoy life so much. I've had people like somebody's psychologist. They're like, "Oh, there must be some deep repression you're hiding away." I was like, "No, I actually just like." I think I did that too yeah. one time. <laughs> There's got to be something wrong. <laughs> I was like, "No, man. I'm just like really, yeah. I, I love it." <laughs> yeah. So that's so funny. And uh, so, so tell us one of your favorite stories, one of your favorite experiences that you had, hmm. maybe on a set or something. How many movies have you made? Do you have any idea? Man, I don't really know. Like, I've made hundreds of projects, but I, I don't really keep up with stuff. Like, once I do it, I. I'll forget about it and move on to the next one so I don't really think about it um, let's see here I'm trying to think okay this is this is kind of a interesting one I guess it was kind of a one of those moments when everything kind of shifted in our life um, we were doing I can't even remember what we'd done we'd done one documentary I think and uh, and I met this we went to this film festival and they were showing one of the projects we did at Boulder, Colorado at this film festival and for whatever reason, like a thousand people had showed up the year before, and for whatever reason, I don't know, but that we showed up at this awards after party or something that first night, and literally it was like three people. <laughs> I mean, maybe we were a little bit early, I don't know, but like, and so I walked up to this lady, and I was like, well, dang, I feel kind of silly. I, I came all the way from Texas to be here, and she says, uh, yeah, I, uh, t- tell me about it. I came from Paris. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, that hurts. Wow. And so I was like, what are you here for? She said, for a screenplay. I've Here, I want you to read it. And so I was like, sure, I'll read it. So that night I read it, and it was about North Korean refugees and uh, about uh, how they escaped from North Korea, you know. And so, But it was very, like, it's the gulags. It sounded very Hitler-esque, you know. And so, anyway, I went back to her the next day. I was like, wow, that's super fascinating. I was like, when was this, like, you know, during World War II or something? She's like, no, this is right now. And I was like, what do you mean right now? And I literally never, and this is like 2007 probably, I'd never really heard about any of this. That, And she's like, no, these defectors just came out of North Korea. And she's like, i got to do something about it. You know, I, I just heard about this. I have a heart for these people. So, anyway, the next three years, she... Oh, yeah, I guess it earlier than that. Because, yeah, for three years she tried to raise money. Well, there's no American actors. There's no, uh, it was purely, she came from Broadway, so she didn't have any experience in film. Uh, and she she wanted to direct it. And then there's no, it's just a highly controversial, literally it's like the perfect death knell for not getting funding. And so finally, <laughs> she's just like, I don't know what to do. I'm about to give up on this. And I said, you know what? Why don't you just make a documentary? At least you can tell the story. And I was like, then you get, and a documentary is way easier. You know, we don't have to have a uh, big cruise or nothing. And so I was like, I would love to be a part of it. Just let me know if you can. She came, I think a few weeks later and she got, now I don't know if I can say his name. He didn't want to be associated because he didn't want anybody to know that he funded the movie, but he was a famous author. And he gave the money to say, hey, go do this. And so we went over there, and it was just like, I thought, oh, cool, great adventure. We're going to go to South Korea, uh, where the defectors were mostly at. And so we didn't go into North Korea. Uh, but so anyway, we interviewed all these people. It was amazing, just like an amazing life experience. And so when it's done, now it's like a year of editing because everybody spoke Korean and Thank God I didn't edit that one. <laughs> she almost wrote me into it. But uh, but uh, we used this mixed match of cameras. You know, it was low budget. It was this and that. 
all all the cards were stacked against it. Uh, the people didn't want to be on camera when we got there because they're like, "Oh wait, my family's still in North Korea. They may yeah. kill them." And so I was like, "Okay, crud, we can't put them all behind dark screens. I'm going to shoot differently. I'm going to shoot really tight." Blah blah blah. Anyway, I'm not even for sure how this happened, but Robert uh, Redford saw a cut and he loved it. He said, "I love this movie. I want to. I want to be a part of it." So he brought it to the Sundance Institute. And they helped do a recut of the whole film, and they ended up premiering it at Sundance. And you know, if any anybody that knows anything about Sundance, you know they get fifteen thousand submissions a year, and about half of their things go to the ones that are already kind of Hollywood, uh, you know, stars and stuff that's sure. in them. And so the odds of ever getting anything into Sundance are massively uh, atrocious. And so, anyway, he came out, and when he opened the ceremony, he said, this is my favorite documentary this year. And uh, he, uh, they, it sold out both the screenings at the premieres, and then because of that, it ended up at the U.S. Capitol. Now, we'd done a lot of MTV music videos. We'd done a lot of all kind of stuff, TV shows, a lot of fluff, you know, entertainment kind of stuff. And then, well, because it got at Sundance, it ended up getting in over 40 festivals all over the world, it won in like the One World Festival in Brussels, but it played at the U.S. Capitol. So they brought the people that were in the documentary, flew them over from overseas, and they played for the first time, I believe, ever, they played a film at the U.S. Capitol. And they had just built that theater for the tourist thing, and so they played it. They invited Congress, and then the next day they started sessions. And so we're standing there. It, with Congress and the people that were in our documentary from from Korea that had escaped from North Korea, and they began to testify before Congress, and those were what they based all the sanctions on North Korea on. And yeah. so that's when we're sitting there and we're like, holy cow. Like this little documentary we were just doing because it would be a cool adventure could actually change world politics. And it ended up playing, because it played at the Capitol, it got word. They ended up playing at parliaments across Europe and around the world. And, and to this day, if I meet a Korean, somebody from Korea, if I mention I did that, they know what it is. Like, it, it was that profound of an impact on that country. You know, you, you know we, we wrote that uh, movie about the Down syndromes above your dreams, and, and, and we've tried to get it made in different ways and different times and, and still haven't, but we're, we're working on that still. But uh, I remember we were meeting with a a reported billionaire but he was south korean and 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 so we we're, we're pitching him you know we're going through the whole deck we're pitching him this thing and and all of a sudden we say you know we're going to use the sailors brothers and one of the movies they made was about uh, kim jong-il and 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 I, it was the funniest thing because we were going through this and it looked like you know we're we're we're, we're you know doing everything we knew to do and when we said that they they stopped and i don't know what they said because they were speaking in korean but all of a sudden they got up and walked out and that was the last time we saw them so that movie or that you're talking about actually had an impact <laughs> on possibly us missing out on shield, really, but in a way, Sorry about that. <laughs> but it was great. It actually, it, it did real well uh, for well, you guys. They actually had a screening. I think it was at USC. They had screenings at colleges and, and the uh, the uh, Holocaust Museum in LA and all kind of places. And uh, but one of them, there was some people, and it was a very heavily Korean audience at this college uh, screening. 
in the Q&A, somebody gets up and they start screaming like, oh, how dare you? <laughs> so anyway, it went on for like an hour. This is the most dramatic ever Q&A of all time. Uh, we thought a war was going to break out. People started defending. People started yelling. Like It was like, oh, wow, this is a, a little different than like, oh, what camera did you use? Well, anyway, so they, I, I can't remember, somebody, I guess, whoever it was, they had sent the tape. Anyway, the DOD heard about it. They got the tape, and they let us know. They said, those were, those were spies that have gone dark for three years, and we've never been able to locate them. They showed up at your screening, and they couldn't take it. They got up and started. <laughs> so that means Kim Jong-il heard about it, sent spies to our screening, and they actually got so riled up, they actually started debating in the Q&A. And well, now, we didn't know until this was later, and we're like, wait a minute, that means they could have followed us home that night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. A little scary, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, let's let's talk about another film that you made, and it's called uh, Hope Has a Name. It was a really good film. You know, that. Have you heard about that one? <laughs> so, uh, that was a movie that my wife and I and Kyle made, and where we literally went around the world, and we really had a three-person crew. And, and the whole time, and so we're we're giving out titles to different people that were you know came in the room while we were there and stuff. But really, if you get down to it, we had three people that worked on that film the whole time, and we watched it again last night. And so what was interesting was you know we saw the the the, the way that we told the story, and and it came across pretty well, I thought. Um, but at the same time, it was all the memories that we we talked yeah. about while we were. You know, shooting things uh, in China and different places like that. So, so anyway, that's a shameless plug for our movie. Watch yeah, it. <laughs> it was it was truly a great event, and that was one of those things. You called me, and you're very honest. Like we tried to this other movie that we tried to put together for a while, and it just never. It was always kind of like hit a wall, and it, yeah. and it would just stop. And then, but I don't know. Ever since I ever met you guys, I just loved your heart and everything. And then you called, and you were very honest. Like, hey, here's this budget we got. You know, it's not that much. We're self-funding and this and this, and we're putting together what we can. And uh, But they said, but we're going to go here, here, here. And I was like, hey, that sounds like fun. <laughs> I was like, well, you know, if it's not, and it was kind of, I don't know, how long did it take? We shot it over I don't time. Know, maybe, uh, I don't know, really six or eight months, maybe, yeah. I think. And so, like, I would be jumping around, and then they're like, hey, and I think I was... I was literally like, okay, I've got a trip to India, and I'm going to stop in London, and if you can get me a flight from here to there, then here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And somehow it just worked out. Like, no matter where we were, it would work out, and we squeezed it in here and there, and it was it was the most random assortment of cameras and problems. In fact, this thing was How brutal. many cameras did we use in that movie? I don't know. I think we were I killing think, them off like flies. Oh, yeah, I think we used eight different not not just cameras, but eight different brands yeah, of cameras. Yeah, like every, <laughs> everything, it was one of those things that everything would go wrong. Like yeah. there was no reason for it to go wrong. It just did. And we almost lost footage, hard drives. They stayed in a hotel that burned down and their computers <laughs> yeah. went. I mean, hurricanes hit their house, this, that. <laughs> I was like, good grief, man. And then <laughs> the editing, it was just like drives went out. This, I mean, it was just one thing after the next. So we should do a documentary about doing that documentary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was fun. But, you know, like it's one of those things that, that it was these women who did incredible, like gave up their whole life. And so when I watch it now, I really think about the stuff they go through on a daily basis makes our whole entire process making this movie look pretty 
pretty swanky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We had we really had fun. Uh, it, it was a great time. Uh, a little little complicated, like you said. We we had some amazing, really miracles that took place that that I still don't understand. Uh, and 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 you know, for example, when when we lost the hard drive. And, and that, I, this is the most amazing thing to me because we were in China, and so we got a hard we we had a hard drive. We brought it home. My wife literally dropped it maybe eighteen inches, and it killed the whole drive. And so we had left them some of the B roll uh, footage. And so we called them and said, can you get it to us? Well, it's not as easy to get stuff from there as it is anywhere else. Um, but while we were on the way to the airport, this this is what blows my mind still today. We took some footage, and it was on that hard drive that got dropped. When they sent the thumb drive in, this is after we left. When they sent the thumb drive in and we got it, which we had to wait for somebody to actually bring it physically to us, and when we got it, it actually had some of that footage that we shot after we had left the hard drive with them. So there's no way, in a sense, that it would work. Only God can do something like that. So it was really cool. And so we did see some miracles. We just had some challenges to work around, too. So anyway, and then, then my wife, being a great storyteller, kind of helped guide us. And it was, it was a lot of fun because uh, Kyle and I have... It's actually like 2 o'clock in the morning right now. <laughs> and Kyle and I don't sleep like everybody else necessarily. Uh, but but it was funny because we were trying to get it done, trying to get it done. So we drove to your house in Nashville. And and so we're sitting there in the room. We're both editing. And we'd be having a conversation. And, and all of a sudden... <laughs> I'd look over and he'd be completely asleep or I'd be completely asleep. And it's just all of a sudden all this random stuff. But it was a lot of fun. And uh, so so we're, we're, we're looking forward to making another one. So, hey, if you got plenty of money and you want to help us make the next film, um, you can write us a check. And, and, and hopefully I can get Kyle. If, if he's not too busy, we'll do another one. So, uh, yeah, it'll be a great adventure. Uh, yeah, I think, like, it was Indiana Jones. That was the movie that really made my brother and I say, man, we, we don't want to sit in this dusty little town and work a normal job and and we just want we want to do something big in life and not like we'd be an archaeologist, but like that type of adventure. <laughs> and literally I have lived a, I have not made I thought I would make the movies like Indiana Jones, uh, the big Hollywood movies and I haven't done that yet. But I have lived like Indiana Jones in the way that we've we've got to go to the far ends of the earth and just like everywhere I go, like I just love the people and I love the adventure of it and I love and I'm sure I've been in places that I probably shouldn't have been that are dangerous. I've done stuff under the radar, I've done it's created a lot of chaos. <laughs> uh we've had people, you know, like we exposed stuff about the O. J. Simpson thing to like to the Kardashians did a whole episode bashing everything we were doing to like you know <laughs> so it's kind of funny because in the real world I just like everybody to be my friend and have a good time but uh, I don't mind making stuff that stirs up a little bit of tiffs too if I think there's evil in the world that needs to be told talked about you know so 
So, well, well, listen, we're going to go ahead and check out in just a moment. Let me just encourage you, if you get a chance to do anything, and I don't care what you're called to, you know, the Bible says if you delight yourself in the Lord, He'll give you the desires of your heart. So whatever's in your heart oftentimes is really a vision that God has for you. And so if you'll, you'll just work at it and keep believing God, first thing to do, just exactly what He said, is write the vision, make it plain. And then don't think that you got to do it all. Get some help. Get some of the best people. That's part of my problem is is that I, I'm, I'm halfway decent at a lot of things, and that keeps you from being great at really some things. And so sometimes what you need to do is just back up and get some other people and get some help. And one of the things that, that, that I told my wife, I said, you know what, we can just make this movie. You know, Alex Kendrick made that Facing the Giants, and, and was like, I get a camera, I can do this. And, and she said, she kept telling me, you need help, you need help, you need help. So it's kind of a strange thing. The way that we met, actually, is because of uh, trying to make that first movie. And somebody actually introduced us, uh, which... Didn't have a clue about what he was doing, yeah. <laughs> but he didn't. I don't even know how I met him. Like, was, honestly, I never met him. I only met him on the phone. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Yeah, yeah and so uh, that that's the way you do it, and just just keep driving forward and keep the faith as you go. So anyway, well, I think one last statement I'd say is like, I've been an underdog my whole entire life. I don't ever think I've ever been the overdog. I don't know if that's even a word, but uh, <laughs> but like like. But I, I like it because when people's expectations are lower, when people raise their expectations on you, then, then you know, it's kind of like the, when the new Star Wars came out and George Lucas, the hop was so amazing that everybody was let down when they saw it because they were like, <laughs> but uh, being the underdog is not a bad thing. Like, I think that's an advantage in life. And I think most people, when they, when they start looking at a dream, they think of it as, bigger than themselves and I think if your dream's not bigger than yourselves then it's not really a dream it's just a a task so uh, go for something crazy and then write it and make it slightly bigger than even your brain allows you to say hey this is my dream then write it down bigger than that and so that way uh, even Elon Musk said put your 10 year vision down and then try to accomplish it in 4 months he says most likely you'll fail but you'll be so much closer to that 10 year accomplishment in 4 months than you would than you would have been in nine years. Yeah, and so uh, I just say go for it, and and that's why like when I see Ken and what Lisa and uh, that you know they they went for it. They didn't they didn't have all every the all with with all of everything. They just said this is on our heart. We have to do it. And if you don't do that, life will pass you by, and you will accomplish nothing. And so do it live it be it you know that's all i can say like and i don't care like i was just this little shyest person in the whole world from a little tiny town there was nothing in my past or no connections nothing it was created out of just tenacity and our willingness to just live life and have a great time doing it and go for it and who cares i fell more than anybody i outfell people i that's what i'd say like i outfell everybody and then they're like how do you succeed yeah i outfelled everybody else until i figured it out you know so that's my two cents yeah man that's that's really cool so hey thanks for listening thanks for being with us tonight i uh, really appreciate it hopefully you guys will get to hear us again god bless you as you go lisa and i are excited to tell you that we're developing a new network it's called cgm network that is cornerstone global ministries network and cornerstone global media actually 
And so it's going to be on different devices such as Apple TV. It'll be on Android TV, Fire TV, Roku, and all your mobile devices. And check, you can check it out on our website. And it's being built out right now. And as soon as it's out, we'll get in contact with you and let you know that it is coming. Uh, we're also going to have audio channels so we can continue. You can uh, continue to listen to the podcast here or other audio productions. Also, we're looking for content providers who want to be on a network that's going worldwide. There's five regions of the world, and we're going to be in every one of them. So we're going to be spreading the gospel around the world. God bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening in. Thank you for listening to the Faith Works Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to visit us at cornerstonegm.org for books, blogs, movies, and spiritual growth. You can also follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Lisa Henderson, and that's Lisa L-E-S-A, and at Ken Henderson, or you can follow our ministries at My Salt Life Church and at Cornerstone Global M. See you next week.